0: Hmm. Hey, how's it going everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 323 of X Last, and uh well this is take five because the numbers three two three are very hard for me to say. Three uh, you I mean, I, I probably should have kept the past several recordings here where I stammered and stuttered and lisped my way through 323. It was it was not a it was very, very bad. Um, today, we are getting back into our two is that are one. It's uh, Zlato Zlato time, so let's get into X lives of Wolverine number two, April 2022 cover date. Stories called Forgotten Pasts, written by Benjamin Percy, with art by Joshua Cassara. Colors Frank Martin, letters VCs Corey Petit, designs Tom Muller, edits Baumgardner, Basso, White Zabolski. cover price five bucks. This went on on sale $2, $2,222. I hope you're strapped in, because we are going to be traveling through time like, uh, nobody's business today. And, uh, we open in northern Canada. The year is 1900. Here, we join up with a teenage Logan, who's about to go one-on-one with a bear for the entertainment of a bunch of rural Canucks. Young Wolvie gets chucked into a wall by the bear, but then... Huh, okay. It's gonna start making sense here. Current-year Logan jumps into the body of his teenage self. So... In case it wasn't made entirely clear last time Because at least to me it kind of wasn't This is the gimmick Wolverine will be inhabiting his own body At different points during his life Now with his uh, far more experienced And 122 years older self under the hood uh, This bear should be pretty easy to take out I suppose unless it's being controlled by Nature Girl You know what, that story didn't even happen So like Let's not even even concern ourselves with it Um, Now, rather than just taking out the bear Our man realizes that he's here for a certain reason And so he busts out of there, he escapes Though in the process, he does wind up tossing one of the cheering Canucks into the ring Where he almost certainly became bear food Now next we see our hero, he's dog sledding across the snowy plains Jean Grey does her Alan quantum leap thing to tease him about being so skinny And also to remind him that, uh You know, maybe, maybe try not killing anyone during this mission. You know, butterfly effects and whatnot. And yes, naturally, this is Chekhov's butterfly effect, by the way, because it's uh, just dropping some hints, some seeds, right? And we're going to see them start to take form and and bloom at the end of this very issue. Now, Gene tells him where he's headed. He's got to travel 50 miles northwest, and thankfully he's in a stupid teenager's body, so he's not too worried about things like wind chill. Next up, we got our double-page spread of hexagons in C.R.E.D. And, of course, we have our little uh, hexagon chains here. We have four of them this time out. The first one is Krakoa, followed by an X. And last time out, we posited that this could be a reference to Mora's Lives, so maybe this is the 10th life. Um, We've got Logan, Xavier, Gene, and Omega Red. Then we have Columbia 7, you know, V-I-I. And we have Logan, Sabertooth, and Maverick here. Then we have Redacted V, so Redacted 5, perhaps. And uh, the only hexagon here that's filled in is Logan's, and we have two that are redacted after that. Finally, we have Canada 1, and we have two hexagons. One's redacted, and the other one is Logan. Back to comics, and our next stop is Jasmine Falls, Japan. And the year is... uh, many ago. Now, this is a callback to, of all things, a Howard Mackie one-shot from 1996 called Logan, Path of the Warlord. Now, during the mid-2000s, Daniel Way would fill in a lot of what went down during Wolverine's time training in Jasmine Falls. And it's here where he'd meet and marry Itsu, best known to us as the mother of Dakin, Dakin. Now, it was also here that Logan first came across Muramasa, the maker and namesake of his X of X's Hell Hellsword. Now, back to the matter at hand, um... Uh, here we and well, Jean Grey watch as Logan bangs Itsu. It's it's pretty weird. It's pretty uncomfortable. Uh, Jean tries to get him to, you know, stop banging so he can get on with the reason why he's here. And he begs her for one more minute out loud, which, as you might imagine, confuses Itsu more than just a little bit. From here, we get a full-page spread which reveals that Itsu has become Omega Retified. And, you know, if you've listened to this show, you'll know last episode, I, I begged Marvel not to give us a line of variant covers of saber ized characters. Well, right now I would like to double down, and also beg them not to give us Omega-retified variant covers. From here, we shift scenes back to where we left off last issue. Logan's with his fellow Team Xers in Columbia, but the year is still many ago. I'm, I'm guessing it's a different year, but, uh... Yeah, we don't need to be too clear on the years, of course. Now, they are here in Columbia to take down a cocaine lab. Now, while Creed and Maverick burn and ate and decapitate some folks, they notice that Wolverine is headed off somewhere. And he's off talking to Gene, who informs him that Xavier is nearby as part of uh, some environmental outfit hoping to save the Amazon. Now, as our man runs, he happens across a small village, which sends him into his own personal flashback land. You see, he now remembers some of the, uh, Gorier details of this Columbia endeavor Now you see, once Team X was done taking down the lab They were advised to do some uh, pretty unsavory black ops sort of stuff uh, Sending messages and whatnot Which is to say, um, they were advised to slaughter this entire village full of innocents And all the surrounding villages as well, for good measure Logan tells Gene how out of the many things he hates himself for This is the thing that makes him hate himself the most Jean pretty quickly understands what Logan's trying to get at here And she, once again, warns him that he really ought not to try to change the past As, you know, everything he does will bear consequences in the future present Our hero, however, does not seem to be listening And uh, only sees this as an opportunity to uh, to remove some of his uh, past atrocities So he is not deterred here From here we shift scenes to Moscow And the year is... Uh, Well, it's probably this year, maybe last year, though it's referred to as the recent past. Here we see Wolverine, Domino, and Omega Red arriving via Krakoan Gateway. Now, you see, Omega Red is currently a probationary member of X-Force, which is pretty weird in and of itself, but also kind of works. Now, they're here to check in on Maxim Ivanov and the so-called Moscow Hellfire Club. Now, Omega Red is searching like a, a gym here, and he enters a steam room where, rather than getting a schwitz, he's there to question whoever might be hiding within. And it turns out the only person here is Mikhail Rasputin. Now, Mikhail spills all of the X Force beans to Arcady. He reveals that the beast killed him, brought him back with a tracker and a C synth, and also without his memories. And initially, it looks as though Omega Red doesn't quite believe him, but Mikhail is like, hey, you will, eventually. And, I mean, we did see him break into the Hatchery last issue to get that confirmation. Speaking of which, let's hop over to an info page, and this is Sage's logbook regarding Omega Red. And it's basically a summary of recent Omega Red bits and bobs here. Uh, he was granted Krakoan asylum, he was a sleeper agent of the Vampire Nation, he was killed and brought back, and now he's a trial member of X-Force. Uh, more recently, there was an assault at the Hatchery, which we saw last issue when Red beat up Gold Balls. It says here that the hatchery's database was breached, which I'm guessing Goldball's probably mentioned it, because it shouldn't have been recorded otherwise, because Red did use Goldball's facial recognition to get the file, so it wouldn't really look like a breach unless our pal Egg, you know, told on him. Now Sage's theorized conclusion here is, uh, well, it's pretty interesting and probably more spot-on than it ought to be at this point. She posits that Mikhail has weaponized some information which he culled from the Cerebro Sword in order to recruit Omega Red to his side, and um, I, I didn't realize the Cerebro Sword was still like technically online, and it almost makes Colossus's paintings and the whole Chronicler thing seem a bit redundant. Uh, maybe Mikhail's just trying to cover all bases possible. I don't know. From here, we're back to comics and we're back to nineteen hundred Canada. And it's here where we meet Captain Xavier uh, Probably Charles's grandfather, perhaps his great-grandfather Now he and his crew are on a ship in the freezing waters uh, Maybe they're icebreakers? I don't know uh, Now Mr. Or, or Captain Xavier, he does take a long look at his pocket watch Which may or may not be the same one Wolverine was looking at at the open of last issue Anyway, he's attacked by his Omega-retified crew And unfortunately, Teen Wolverine is still a little ways out Next up, an info page, and it's another page out of Sage's logbook. This one's regarding something called the Broken Calendar. Now, it's here where uh, she posits that X-Force believes that Mikhail's plan is to alter the past to stop Krakoa from becoming a thing. And so Wolverine, because he's, like, super old, is their best defense. And, uh, well, I mean, that's basically the story we're watching play out here, right? Uh, Let's hop back to Columbia where Wolverine turns on Team X in order to stop them from committing mass murder in those nearby villages. He and Sabretooth wrestle for a bit, and Wolverine pops his bone claws. Uh, This might might be the first time Sabretooth's ever seen his claws, I don't know. Anyway, Logan stabs Creed in the gut, and there's a big explosion, for some reason? I don't know, it throws Wolverine off. Uh, Maverick is also down, and, uh, well, he's in a prone position, so he asks if Wolverine is going to kill him as well, and Logan says he won't. But he also isn't about to help him He says that Mavs are a resourceful dude And he, he's sure he'll find a way to survive Now after the dust settles and Wolverine skadoos Sabretooth gets up and calls into the professor at Team X HQ And that's not Professor Xavier, it's that other one Now he informs them that he is going to kill the Wolverine Next up we're back to Jasmine Falls Where Wolverine and Omega Itsu are battling in bed Now as things heat up Logan is reminded of Gene's words that everything he does here will have consequences in the future present. So, what is our hero to do? Because Omega Itsu looks like she wants to kill our man here and uh, won't stop unless she's killed first. So, does he kill Itsu? Because if he were to do so, that means no more Dakin, Dakin. Hmm, well, well, well. So, Logan pops his bone claws and, well, we're out of here. So we'll maybe find out next time. But next episode, we're going to be covering a book that uh, I probably should have covered a little while ago, but DCBS never sent it and never told me they weren't going to send it, so I had to actually hunt it down. So we will be talking about the already concluded and already on to the next thing, Death of Doctor Strange, X-Men Black Knight number one, which I'm actually looking forward to since it's written by Simon Spurrier. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing how someone other than Jerry Duggan handles the... Post-Gala X-Men Maybe they'll all Actually get lines of dialogue Hey Stranger things have happened Right We'll talk about that Next time For now Let's talk a little bit About Zlato Zlato. Now as with last time We're still in Kinda All over the place Territory here Right It's It's very very strange We're getting a lot Of different information Coming at us at once Here Every Every bit of information We're getting Seems Seems uh, Almost threatened By uh, Logan's own uh, Bullheadedness, which is an interesting thing to see play out But uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's pretty hard to theorize Because I can't shake the feeling that This is giving me some weird Convergence vibes Does everybody remember Convergence over at DC back in 2015, I think it was? Now, this was a two-month endeavor where all of DC's ongoings were put on hold And they were replaced with, uh, like, dozens of these two-issue or two-part miniseries Featuring DC characters from all different eras Usually usually <laughs> taking place in, in some variant of Gotham City Which was really, really annoying, but uh, not unexpected Now, many of us saw this as uh, potentially bringing back a lot of uh, aspects of the old DC universe this was during the New Fifty Two, um, right before DCYOU, and um, some of us were very Pollyanna-ish about this. We thought that we were going to be getting, we were going to be getting the old DC back in some form or fashion. This is, of course, a year before Rebirth was a thing, so this was uh, a little premature for uh, for the fans who thought that way, myself included. Now there was a more pragmatic um, side of the fandom who saw this is exactly what it was. This was a two-month break from the ongoings in order to uh, give DC some time to move their offices from New York to uh, somewhere in Southern California. So it was all really a time-wasting event. It was a means to an end. I don't think at the time DC had any plans to bring any of that stuff into the main universe. Of course, as time went on, they would, but I don't think that was the initial intention. So what we wound up with was a whole bunch of um, very safe stories Stories that didn't threaten to change anything about the status quo Of course, things happened in those stories That would kind of affect the way we would look back on past stories But when the dust settled We were just right back to where we were before the event kicked off So not a whole lot happened It was very, very safe And part of me feels like that's what this is I mean, this is a 10-week miniseries. It's another two months, which might just be buying Marvel time to get all the, you know, put all the ducks in order here and truly hit the ground running with the Destiny of X uh, era. And, I mean, in reading this issue, it looks like there's a lot of uh, a lot of opportunity to change things, right? We've got Wolverine turning on Team X. We have the possibility that Dakin and Dakin might be taken off the board completely. I don't think any of that's going to happen. I don't think anything's going to change here. I don't think... When this series or these two series is, is are over, I don't think the landscape's gonna look any different at all, and I mean, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. you know, I don't know that we need to make senseless changes to the past to inform the future, present, or whatever. I don't know that we need every story to make make huge waves that threaten to you know topple everything over, but there's that disconnect in the back of my mind that what we're reading right now will ultimately not matter Which, I mean, not everything is going to matter And of course I'm totally open to the possibility that I'm completely wrong I mean, for all we know, this is happening in different lives it's, This could turn out to be more a story I mean, we'll find out as we get our way through it But um, as for the issue itself and the story up to this point And this is going to sound like it's not a compliment, but it is. Uh, This is like equal parts stupid and fun. (laughs) I mean, I can't hate it. And as mentioned, I'm actually really enjoying it. Part of me thinks that it's making me a bad X-fan, because um, I have looked around to see what people thought of this. I'm not reading too deep. I'm not looking for spoilers. But I am looking for people's hot takes. And it's so weird how when, when you include Wolverine in a book... It feels like you get like a weird schism In the comics fandom or the X fandom Where I mean the Wolverine books are generally Looked at as like the popcorn movie And as the uh, Wildly cultured and elite Fake ass comics analysts That we are We tend to poo poo that You know where we want more I think that's why so many people gravitated To, to Hickman and, uh, and I mean Morrison before him Where you get the more The more obscure stuff, the more, uh, you know, high concept stuff Which we kind of glom onto Because it makes us feel like we're maybe learning something as we're reading Whereas we look at, you know, a Wolverine romp as nothing more than fluff And, And I mean, there's something to be said for that But there's also something to be said about the value of that Because there is certainly something to be said about purely being entertained And... I gotta say, so far, Zlato Zlato is entertaining me. Um, let's talk a little bit about the issue itself here. Again, there's not much to say because we're getting so much information, and it's not entirely clear yet, and I feel weird about theorizing. So <laughs> we'll talk a little bit about how this issue actually fleshes out our gimmick a little bit better, at least in a more concrete sort of way. Because I now sort of kind of get what Wolverine is doing here. Maybe that should have been obvious from the get-go, but never forget, I am a very, very dense individual. I didn't really know what we were doing here. I didn't know if Wolverine was literally time-traveling, you know, winding up in the past and then just finding his way wherever he needed to go. I mean, the one Wolverine we did see, or the two Wolverines we did see in the first issue, was, uh, I mean, it looked like Wolverine of his Current age. The only difference was the bone claws, which maybe should have tipped me off. But again, I am an idiot. Here, though, as we saw him inhabit and take control of his teenage body, everything kind of fell into place for me, and I, uh, I could kind of make sense of it, or I, I could totally make sense of it under the, you know, the, the premise of what we're doing here. Now, Omega Red, as our bad guy here, also makes sense. I, I like the idea that Omega Red is able to inhabit bodies throughout time. Because that makes sense with him. He's tied to an Omega-level reality warper in Mikhail Rasputin. So I like that a lot. I like that we're finally getting more movement and more momentum on Mikhail's story because, I mean, that story has been maybe not so much uneven, but just unevenly presented in the pages of X-Force. Because, man alive, they have been dragging their feet with that one. I mean, we've been dealing with... uh, we're not dealing with, but we've we've known that he's taken the cerebrosoid for almost two years now. I mean, it's been a long time. So I guess without the head of X handcuffs, we can finally address it and finally maybe get to the other side of it. Not a whole lot more to say, other than, you know, it is gorgeously drawn, and I'm still having a very good time with it. I probably could have done without, like, a Gene <laughs> voyeuristically watching Logan bang Itsu. But, I mean, I suppose we did need that one panel that this issue will forever be known for. So just wait for, like, five years from now. If, uh, if comics are still a thing in five years, we'll have a half-assed, recycled, top-ten clickbait list on Newsarama that'll include this panel as a, as a funny, haha lol random. Because, well, it's a, it's a crappy site. But anyway, I think that's about all I have to say about this issue. I'm still very much enjoying it. I hope you guys are as well. I would love to hear your thoughts, if you have any theories on where this is headed, or uh, just thoughts in general about the story in and of itself. If you'd like to share some thoughts, I invite you to do so. I encourage you to do so. I beg you to do so. You can find me several different ways. On Twitter, I'm at Ace Comics. On Instagram, at 90 Men. You can send an email over to History at gmail.com or call into the X-Labs voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. For blog posts and show notes, Chris is on InfiniteEarths.com. You could join us on Facebook, 90s X-Men is the group. Of course, the audio archives are available anywhere you find noise on the internet. And there is the Patreon. That is patreon.com slash xlapsed. But I think that's about all I got for now. I do have some letters in the mailbag. We will be getting to them in the next couple of episodes. So uh, apologies for not getting to those uh, as quickly as I should. And I, I do appreciate the irony of begging for more interaction when I... Haven't put those out yet, but uh, I assure you, they're coming. (laughs) And uh, I do want to thank you all so much for deciding to join me today. And until next time, as always, I will be talking to you again real soon. See ya.